is approaching, which means it's either snowing or sunny and 60 degrees as you're listening right now. I'm Riss. And I'm Keith. On today's Akron Mirror, we looked into how to mitigate one of the unwelcome parts of the season, allergies. Um, we're here today with Lisa Salmon, the Director of Allergy and Immunology at Akron Children's Hospital. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. So we have a couple of colleagues and friends who are starting to get sniffly. Um, and I never know when they say, oh, is it, it's just allergies, if it's true. When does allergy season start in Northeast Ohio? Allergy season may be starting quite sooner than we realize. It usually starts at the beginning of March as we start to get into more moderate temperatures, think the 50s or 60s, that is when tree pollen specifically will start blooming. How many consecutive days of 50 and 60 degree weather in order for tree pollen to... Ideally, you want to have one to two weeks of that consistent pattern that you actually would start seeing that the pollen would get the message that it's time to start blooming. Okay. So it's not just one day of 50 degree weather and they're just ready. Blasting already. (laughs) Yeah. But one thing to note is that when you get those one or two days where the weather pattern is unexpectedly different, Mm -hmm. the barometric pressure can also wreak havoc on our noses too and cause our noses to be more stuffy or sniffly just as a result of weather pattern changes. Would that be like rising or falling um, pressure or either or? It can be both. Okay. Great. <laughs> and that's kind of a term that we refer to as non-allergic rhinitis, where someone may not have allergies, but they're just very sensitive to those weather changes. So they're not sick. They don't have allergies. It's like a, a second, a third sensitivity type. Thing. You got it. Okay. What are the different triggers that are in Northeast Ohio that someone might commonly um, be impacted from? Main allergy triggers are going to include trees grasses and weeds. So fortunately there's most of the time they're not pollinating all at the same time. There is more of a seasonal pattern. So trees will first start pollinating as I said beginning of March once you get that consistent weather changes where it's warmer into the late spring into early summer. You have the grass peak in the late spring into the summer followed by weeds and commonly known as ragweed some other weeds that will start blooming in late August into the fall. And someone could be allergic, like just because someone is experiencing allergies, um, symptoms from one, it doesn't mean that they would be for all of them. That's correct. Every individual is different. Some will have allergies to trees, grasses, and weeds, and some may just be trees alone. And can these develop later? I feel like I I cruise through without having any sort of reaction until like the last four or five years. Be like, now I'm an allergy person, you know? It is very interesting when people ask me that because I remember as a child really not being able to relate to people with allergy symptoms. Mm -hmm. You know, I go outside, be rolling around in the grass, like, hey, this is great. But then with time, I'm like, oh, my gosh, my eyes are so itchy. Spring is here. I can definitely feel it. There are technically two peaks in life when you can develop allergies. One is in the early child years, around age five or six, with the second peak into the late teen years into early adulthood. Okay. So, like, what's a good way to sort of minimize, because you don't want to be locked up inside all the time, especially in, in our area where outdoor activities are such a great part of Northeast Ohio. What's a good way to sort of minimize your exposure without sort of cutting back on being outdoors? 
Absolutely. And I can say that being outdoors is one of the things I love about Northeast Ohio, especially compared to other parts of the state. And you don't want to completely lock yourself in, but there are so many things you can do to help minimize the allergen burden. One thing is being mindful of the time or the peak of when pollen is active. So pollen tends to be highest in the early morning and the mid-afternoon. Mm. It's not as high or concentrated as you get into the later parts of the day. So that might be helpful for someone who wants to go hiking or maybe gardening or even a child that has outdoor practices. Mm. Other things you can do to help to minimize pollen exposure include that if you do spend time outdoors, you can um, easily wash your hands and face, and depending on how active you were outside, may consider showering, just because pollen can actually stick to our hair and our clothes. So you want to be able to kind of remove that burden when you get indoors. And there's also things you can do inside, like removing shoes and even considering air purifiers. That's also a great way to reduce the burden on your symptoms and also enjoy being outside as well. So, yeah, I guess I never thought of that. I just assumed I was sort of breathing it in and that was my yeah. only exposure, but washing it off of skin is that's mm -hmm. an interesting idea. Correct. And is that timing when the plants are just like pumping out the pollen, is that the same for the tree pollen as for the ragweed as for the grass pollen? It's always kind of like that mo morning. That is correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Huh. And you had mentioned that there are non-allergenic use this term that I didn't catch, um, when it um, related to barometric pressures, are there other things like that that someone should be like, oh, it's not allergies, it's this, this is what I'm experiencing? Yes, so kind of that term I was referring to is something called non-allergic rhinitis. And rhinitis just refers to, it's more of a fancy medical term to describe symptoms of stuffy nose, runny nose, et cetera. Non-allergic triggers, while a big one includes weather changes, people have to realize even if you're not allergic to grass, because many people may come into the clinic, they'll get tested and they'll say, hey, every time I'm around fresh cut grass, my nose burns or stings, there can be irritant effects that the body can have on a more of a biochemical level that don't involve the typical allergy mechanism, but it's more of an irritation effect that disrupts our nerve patterns and causing those same symptoms. The other common cause for people to have upset noses could be, you know, strong smells or scents, you know, think perfume, cigarette smoke, et cetera, very strong cooking fumes. Those can elicit similar patterns of the non-allergic rhinitis in patients. And um, not technically seasonal, um, but dust, because there is like the season of spring cleaning, I should say. Yes. Um, can someone be allergic to dust or is that a non-allergenic? It can be both okay. for some people, but yes, dust is actually one of the most common indoor air allergens that can cause people to have allergy symptoms or they can be allergic to it. And so dust precautions are also very important for people to keep in mind, you know, regular, you know, cleaning of surfaces, but also trying to minimize, it's really the mite that people are allergic to. So that is, involves frequent washing of their bedding. Sometimes um, with upholstery, you may have to, you know, spot treat certain areas. And of course, being mindful that you can get allergy proof covers for pillows and mattresses that can kind of help to reduce dust mite exposure because, yeah, spring cleaning can certainly elicit a lot of dust exposure. And dust mites are bugs? They are tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic bugs. And if you look them up online, they look more terrifying. But I tell people, it's just, there's a whole <laughs> microscopic world we don't see. It's just one of those things you just have to accept it's there and, and move on. <laughs> that is way more scary than, um, I always thought that dust was just your dead skin cells that like accumulate over time. 
Yeah, no, it's actually the mite itself, you know, it's part of that as well. Uh, would getting more indoor plants help with air purification? It hasn't been very well studied. Okay. There is the thought that, you know, some plants, like succulents especially, may be able to filter some of, you know, scents and smells. However, there's just not a lot of evidence-based studies to kind of guide recommendations regarding that. I can't see any known harms of having indoor plants because there are, you can maybe even like Google how you see plants change colors just because of what's in the atmosphere that they're clearly filtering and doing something, Mm -hmm. but it's not anything that we have a strong recommendation about. Okay. So when, Riss, you asked about, am I sick or is it allergies? But when, when do you say like, hey, at this point, they've had a runny nose or whatever for six weeks, like none of the rest of us have gotten sick or whatever. When do you usually say like, you might want to take a look, this is probably allergies, it's probably not a sort of bug or kind of thing? We get that commonly, especially in young, young children. And part of what I do is I tend to look at the age of the child. It is uncommon for young toddlers to have allergy symptoms. Many of them often have frequent runny nose. Sometimes it's Hmm. yellow green and they're in daycare settings. Mm -hmm. And it's just the nature of being human is that we are going to experience viral infections. And it's not uncommon to experience 10 to 12 viral infections per year, even though that seems like a lot. Mm -hmm. It's just how our immune system needs to learn all these different type of viral bugs and eventually become, you know, more immune to it with time. But in young children, if they've had more kind of, especially with illness, they tend to develop fever. They may also have a behavior change or have a lack of appetite. They, the color of their drainage may be more of a green-yellow consistency versus in allergies, you tend to also see more of a clear runny nose along with the big takeaway symptoms of itch. So itch can really help um, distinguish between infection versus allergy. My eyes itching, is my nose itching because it's the histamine release that is part of that allergy reaction and helps us to distinguish that. Mm -hmm. And allergy symptoms, they really are more of a gradual process. Like you said, they could be experiencing symptoms for weeks. They may have increasing symptoms when they go outdoors Mm -hmm. or if they're around animals, dust, et cetera. There is more of that temporal relation to a trigger as an illness is you're going to just feel crappy you mm-hmm. know throughout that duration of the peak of time which illnesses can sometimes last seven to 14 days too mm-hmm. but they have just more of a different collection of symptoms to look for what is histamine and why do we hate it so much yeah so histamine is just a biochemical product that all of us produce and you may commonly if you've ever had allergies i think of histamine as when you get bit by a mosquito bite right mm. the saliva causes us to release histamine histamine will create a bump or that itchy bubble in our system and it just causes a symptom of itch and there's thoughts that maybe histamine interacts also with nerve fibers too that further increase your ability to itch and yeah it's definitely not one of the body's favorite chemicals i would say so an antihistamine i usually think of it in terms of like a nasal spray um so then that is like relieving sort of the itching or so nasal sprays will be more steroid based okay so steroids are going to help to reduce inflammation over time and that ultimately helps to improve congestion. Okay. Whereas antihistamines are just more short acting and they're just kind of helping to um, block histamine specifically. Okay. And histamine leads more to common symptoms of like sneezing, itching, Mm -hmm. so forth. Gotcha. How do you keep updated on what the pollen counts are? Is there a good source for that? 
Yes. So one of the most common sources people may use is called the National Bureau of Allergy that often will update counts. And it's more of looking things on a national scale. But if you check your local weather station or even your local news station, they'll often have pollen counts updated. I like to see is it high, moderate or low and certain weather conditions definitely can impact those levels. So if it's a dry, windy day, that's Mm -hmm. the worst combination because grasses trees and weeds they're very tiny and they travel by wind okay so that's going to allow the pollen to disperse throughout the region and dry because uh if it's raining does the pollen get trapped in the water droplets and fall to the ground yeah usually people say that it's right after a light rainfall that they feel the best because that does kind of help to have a washout effect of the allergens so light rain in the early afternoon that evening, all the allergy sufferers come flying out the door. Pretty Enjoy much. the outdoors. Yeah. That is your time to shine. Correct. <laughs> and um, so we're talking about pollens with trees, grasses, and weeds. Does that mean that I don't have to be as careful when picking my garden, specifically something right outside my window, um, that I would trigger an allergy? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about flowering plants in mm-hmm. particular, what happens, of course, we see that there's pollen on flowers, mm-hmm. right? It's not like gooey orange stuff. But what's interesting is those more particles are so heavy mm. that they can't be carried by wind, mm-hmm. nor can they penetrate our airway. So people always think that flower and plants are allergenic. That's not necessarily the case. Now, if you have what they call non-allergic or irritant rhinitis because flowers create scents, certainly that can sometimes cause people to sneeze. It's just a different mechanism. But I should mention that many people feel that honey is just like magical cure for allergies because it comes from like flowering plants. But then we have to realize the source is flowers. The source is not trees, grass, or weeds. So they're really, it's a myth that honey can treat allergies. I think it's wonderful for sore throats, maybe even it's additive in certain meals, but it's not an accepted alternative therapy for allergy management. Because it's not from the source of allergies. Correct. So maple mm-hmm. syrup is the miracle cure for allergies. Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> maybe with maple. That would, they should my, study that specifically. My snake oil uh, <laughs> that I'm selling. <laughs> what, um, are there other sort of household common concepts of helping your allergies that don't work and do work in your experience? You know, many of the alternative methods, there's just a way of when you design a study, you need to have a certain number of participants in the Mm -hmm. study to see if there's actually a valid change. Mm -hmm. And I think with a lot of some of the alternative studies, there quite isn't that robust data to provide people guidance. But one of the things we do know that if you are trying to seek more natural therapies is just simply saline is a wonderful way to help clear the nasal passages, allow for less things to stick in your nose, and has been shown in the ENT literature to help reduce incidence of sinus infections. So we kind of commonly refer that as nasal saline irrigation. And if you know that you tend, you're going to go outside for a while, maybe after you wash your hands or maybe even wash your face, think about nasal saline irrigation as a way to remove some pollens from inside your nasal cavity. It's a great idea. How does sneezing work? I guess my assumption is it's basically like pollen's getting in and my body is like trying to shoot it out. But what is really happening with yeah, sneezing? Yeah, kind of like on the microscopic level, what's happening if your body encounters sneezing, you know, certain allergy cells will take it up and then even certain proteins may bind to it. And if you have certain proteins that bind to the right allergy cells, 
there's a histamine reaction that occurs. And histamine's effects include like vasodilation, also include itching, so forth. And depending on where that is, that can lead to sneezing. And then same with, because now I'm also curious about like runny nose, the same thing that proteins are um, bonding with Mm -hmm. allergens and then your body's expelling that? Correct. Yeah, or it's more so like the histamine response because you're getting vasodilation, you're allowing your nose to run more. Okay, and then same with like itchy eyes and like mm-hmm. runny eyes. Yeah, there's oh. just multiple effects of histamine, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can see all a whole plethora of symptoms and allergy. And is there anything else that we have not covered in this discussion that you um, think would be important for listeners to know with regards to um, allergies, both seasonal and just in household? Yeah, I think the big thing to take away is that, you know, allergy seasons potentially are becoming longer just mm. as, you know, the world gets a little warmer. And that is something to be mindful of. But more importantly is, you know, despite whatever changes are going to come in the future, to just be aware that allergies can be well managed if you are consistent with medications. I think people assume they can just go away or deal with the symptoms when in actuality, those symptoms can really affect their quality of life and medications can make a big difference. And then ultimately allergy shots if it's something that your body's not responding to with the meds. It really um, makes my heart happy when you have seen a patient and you know they were really suffering and then two or three years goes by and they've been on shots and they're the ones that have the least amount of symptoms in the household. You're like, good, this is why I do what I do. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us I today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. For an accurate and current pollen count in your area, check your weather app or go to allergyasthmanetwork.org for their weather index. Akron Mirror is a podcast from the Akron Summit County Public Library. If you have any other questions for reference librarians like Riss and I, give us a call at 330-643-9000. We'll see you again in two weeks.